Hello, my friends. Michael Youssef here, and I just wanted to thank you for connecting with Leading the Way. Our entire team is wholly committed to passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth of God's Word, and it cannot be done without you. Learn more about what God has charged us to do around the world by clicking around ltw.org. That's ltw.org. Thank you, and may God richly bless you as you seek to serve Him. You literally have to be living in another planet not to notice that in the last few years, there has been a fast and furious movement afoot in passionately determined to eliminate the cross from public life, from removing the Ground Zero Cross in New York, which actually had nothing to do with anybody putting it there. It was there. It was discovered there, melted together to a hundred-year-old three crosses in San Diego, and all in between. The intense determination to remove the crosses from the public eye has never been more intense, but it also has numerous implications. And I explain all of that in the new book that I've been talking about for a long time. I've been writing it for two years, and finally it's here when the crosses are gone. One of the unintended, or might not be unintended, consequences of removing the crosses from public life can be the destruction of the very Western civilization itself. You say, Michael, are you being dramatic? No, I am not. I'm being truthful. Make no mistake about it. Western civilization was built upon the Reformation, and the Reformation was built and based on the logic of the cross. Remove the cross, and you destroy Western civilization. And the atheist and the anti-God forces know the power of the cross more than some of the so-called churchgoers. The handful of people who are determined to remove these crosses, one of them said, every time I look at that cross, it makes me nauseous, it makes me sick. And they should be. You see, they see the cross as a dangerous symbol. And it's keeping them from accomplishing their goal of removing the true God from our society. Some of you probably are scratching your head and say, Michael, I know the cross is controversial, but how can it be a dangerous symbol? Well, it's dangerous because it declares to humanity, all of humanity, that we cannot save ourselves, we need the Savior. It declares to all of humanity that we don't have all of the answers that we desperately need, but we need a power beyond ourselves. Because what the cross says to humanity is that there is a loving God who's willing to receive every repentant sinner. The cross declares to humanity that there is mercy, but only in the cross. That there is forgiveness, but it's only at the cross. That there is redemption, but only through the cross. That there are answers to our deep problems, but they can only be found in that cross. So to them, the cross is a dangerous symbol and need to be removed. Dangerous. And so they go to the any length to remove even a lowly cross in the Mojave Desert that was put there in 1934 as a memorial for the soldiers who have died in World War I. 
They spent hours and, and untold amounts of money mobilizing some very powerful organizations to remove one lowly cross in the desert. Why do they feel so threatened by that lowly cross? Oh, because the cross is convicting. The cross is condemning. The cross is inviting all at the same time. They want to eliminate that cross in the same way that Lenin in 1917 removed 50,000 crosses and replaced them with a red star. They want to remove the crosses because the cross is an anathema to an atheist and anti-God forces. And for the same reason they wanted in Cary Middle School in Walker County, Alabama, and why they insisted on the little 11-year-old Candace Smith of hiding her cross necklace. In the same way, the Los Angeles County was ordered to remove a tiny cross in its flag. It's a tiny cross, and one of nine other symbols that there were there in their flag representing the history of Los Angeles. These other symbols, including Pomona, the Roman goddess of fruit trees, and engineering tools, uh, oil dregs, uh, a Spanish galleon, a fish, and a dairy cow, Hollywood ball, and two stars, they were all stayed intact, but that cross had to be removed. It's for the same reason why the British Airways Company insisted on a Christian employee by the name of Nadia Awad, and she went all the way to the high courts of England, and she lost, and they insisted on her either hiding or removing the cross that she was wearing. All at the same time, it was perfectly all right for the Sikhs, Bengals, and the Muslim hijab to be worn. For the same reason why, in November of 2006, the College of William and Mary, which was founded by Anglicans in 1693, felt it necessary to remove the cross from the Wren Chapel. When the president of William and Mary University asked, he explained as follows, and I quote, "...the cross makes some people uncomfortable." And then when he was asked, what about the tens of thousands of alumni and other people who are offended by the removal of the cross? He just simply said, they will get over it. It is for the same reason why an interfaith group known as the ACLC, American Clergy Leadership Conference, called upon churches in America to voluntarily remove the crosses from their buildings. Here's the reason, and I quote, the cross is a symbol of oppression and represents an attitude of superiority. And then they continued, the elimination of the cross would help us tear down the walls that separates us as people of faith. What faith? Have you got the picture yet? But the picture is not really complete until you understand, until you begin to comprehend why so many called evangelical churches are voluntarily either removing the crosses from their building or not putting them on new ones, naively thinking that the cross may keep some people from coming into their churches. Listen, I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm not here to judge motives, and I'm not here to judge intentions. But whether they know it or not, they are accommodating to the anti-God forces in society. Uh, they are subtly and incrementally departing from the truth. They are announcing to the world that they are elevating public relation above the relationship with God, that they have decided that it is more important to get a handful of people inside their buildings than to be offended by the cross. 
But listen, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Whenever human wisdom is placed above God's wisdom, whenever human wisdom is elevated above God's wisdom, these churches will only last for a generation, if that. And that is why the Bible said the wisdom of the cross is foolishness. You see, the idea that God would come in human form, die on a cross as a sacrifice for our sins, as the only way to be forgiven, and then rises again on the third day, as the only way to be assured of eternal life, to them that is the height of foolishness. The very idea of the cross is offensive. It is so offensive that it must be eradicated from public view, that it must be eliminated from public square, that it must disappear from churches and chapels and even the remote corners of the Mojave Desert. Here's what the Word of God said. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But for us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Let me give you a homespun translation here. I'll give you a Yusuf translation. The logic of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who have accepted the logic of the cross is nothing less than the power of God. I want you to hear me right. There is no symbol in heaven on earth that is more powerful, that is more confronting, that is more inviting than the cross of Calvary. Why to them the cross is dangerous? Oh, it's dangerous for those who are perishing, but why? Because the cross says that we are sinful people. And who wants to be called that in the age of Paris Hilton? I mean, (laughs) right? The cross says that we are a rebellious people, We are rebelling against God. And who wants to be called that in an age of reality TV? Uh, The cross says that we are at enmity with God. And who wants to confess or profess that in the age of tolerance? Um, The cross says that we can never be good enough and our own strength in our own life to be accepted by God. And who wants to believe that in the age of a celebrity do-gooders? The cross says that we are helpless and hopeless without God. And who wants to believe that in a culture whose motto is, I am the master of my fate? And yet it is the logic of the cross upon whom Western civilization is built. Unless we are going to rise up and be the army of God, instead of coming to church as news, we will lose the battle. We know God is not going to lose the battle, for He said the church will win eventually because even the gates of hell cannot destroy it, but we are the ones who are going to be losers. In fact, if we do not wake up and rise up and take a stand, what happened in the streets of London will be commonplace and all across this land. We have been so far protected by the power of God. We So far we've been blessed by the hand of God. As we keep rejecting Him, as we keep turning back from Him, that hand of blessing, that hand of protection is going to go with it. Sometimes I feel that God called me like Jeremiah to be a rebuke to this 
society, to this culture, to this church of Jesus Christ in the West. I don't like the call. I don't enjoy it, but I'll do it in obedience. And challenging American Christians to rise up and be sure not to let the crosses go. The logic of the cross declares that I'm a sinner and need the Savior, and that only then, when I come to that realization, that I can go from despair to hope, from death to life, from doubt to faith, from guilt to peace, from shame to righteousness. And that is the message of the cross. And all of that is not because of anything we have done or able to do, but because of what He did on that cross 2,000 years ago. I wanted to hear me right. According to the human logic, the idea of being saved only by the cross is absurd, and that is why the cross makes him uncomfortable, and they want to remove it from public life. The truth is the cross meant to make people uncomfortable. Did you get that? It is meant that way. Uncomfortable until they embrace the meaning of it. The cross meant to be offensive until they accept its offer. The cross meant to be disturbing until they receive its peace. The cross goes against the grain of human pride, and it will rub pride raw until that pride is surrendered to the one who died on that cross. Removing the crosses from public eye gives them a false sense that they are the masters of their fate, that they are the captains of their soul, that they are capable of saving themselves, that they can have hope without salvation, that they can find meaning in life without God. But here's the truth. Here's the truth. The truth is life will never have meaning until we embrace the God who died on that cross. It's amazing, the Latin word for cross is crux, C-R-U-X, which is really a wonderful word. For the cross is the crux of the Christian faith. Remove the cross, and you have gutted Christianity. Remove the cross, and you have eliminated the essence of the Christian faith. Obliterate the cross, and you have surrendered to the evil forces of man-made religion. And that is why they want to obliterate it from public eye. Whether it is in the Soviet Union or through the ACLU or by college presidents or even some misguided Christian churches, they will eliminate the crux of the Christian faith as it is revealed in the Scripture. Here's the tragedy. The tragedy is there are severe consequences There are severe consequences, some of which we have not yet felt or experienced. But make no mistake about it, it is coming. It is coming. If we remain silent, if we remain neutral about the cross, the consequences, not to our generation, is going to be severe. Unwittingly, we are committing cultural suicide. And you see... When you see Christians on television, in the Middle East, in Pakistan, in Africa, in China, 
clinging and holding that cross for which they're willing to give their life, it tells you that they know the power of that cross. Something that we in the West need to wake up to. Sadly, while people elsewhere are ready to die for the cross, American churches voluntarily removing the crosses. Back in 2004, Caldwell Memorial Presbyterian Church in North Carolina was having a shortfall in its budget. So they've decided to lease their building to an Islamic school. The Islamic group demanded that the church removes the crosses. Tragically, the church agreed, and they took down the crosses and turned their facilities to the indoctrination of the young souls in the tenets of Islam. But just before you say, well, that is a liberal denomination, let me tell you something else. Give you another example of what is happening in so-called evangelical churches. In Spring Lake, Michigan, there was a church called Christ Community Church. Christ Community Church. That church one day decided to change its name. So they called themselves C3 Exchange. Not only that, not only the change took the name of Christ, but they bought a crane and they removed the cross from their building. Listen to how Pastor Ian Lawton explained it away. He said, our community has been a really open-minded community for some years now. We have had a number of Muslim people, Jewish people, Buddhists, and atheists. In our community is a place where people can come and exchange idea. No wonder. Jesus said in Matthew 10.38, the cross has its own stigma associated with it. He said, if you really want to follow me, then you have to carry that stigma of that dangerous cross. Beloved, the Bible makes it very clear that for God's justice to prevail, the human sin of independence from God with which we all born had to find a cure. And since the only preventative cure, the only healing power is in the shedding of innocent blood, God shed His own blood, the most innocent blood of all. For the animal sacrifice of the Old Testament provided a temporary covering for sin. And that is why the cross is the only permanent solution to sin and guilt. Animal sacrifice reminded people of their sin, but only the cross permanently removed the wages of sin. And therefore, we are helpless without the cross. We are lost without the cross. We are loveless without the cross. We will experience anarchy and chaos in our society without the cross. And that is why the cross cannot be neutral. It cannot be neutral. And you cannot be neutral about the cross. Listen to me. Those who have rejected God, the tiny minority in our society, and we love them, of course, like we love it. We have to love everybody else. If I did not love the enemies of the cross, do you think I'll spend so many waking hours planning and strategizing and working with leading the way to take the gospel and the message of the cross to all the people who hate Christ? We love them. And we want to give them the greatest treasure that we've ever had, and that is the cross of Christ. But people who have rejected God, they know 
They know better than Christians that the cross cuts both ways. They know that it will either bring you peace or make you angry. It will either save you eternally or condemn you eternally. The cross will either reconcile you to God or be a witness against you in the day of judgment. The cross will either cleanse you from sin or remind you of your rebellion against God. The cross will disturb the psyche. The cross will trouble the soul. The cross will force you to make a decision. And that's why they want to remove it from the public eye. Oh, they'll never bother with the Sikhs, turbans, and the, and the Muslims' crescent, and all the other religious symbols. Oh, that's not important to them. The cross is, because they know it disturbs those who have rejected God's only plan for salvation. It angers those who have refused to believe in the one who died on that cross and rose again on the third day. But you know, I think it would be tragedy if there was somebody here who had not embraced the cross of Christ with all of its meaning, who have never experienced the power of the cross. It would be tragedy if there's someone who has been neutral toward the cross. Today you can come to Christ of the cross. Of course you know that the cross is just a symbol. Powerful symbol, but it's a symbol. It's just a symbol. And the meaning of that symbol is found only in the one who paid the wages of our sin by shedding his blood on that cross. And you can come to him now so that he may set you free. You can come to him now so that you may experience his forgiveness and help you discover your identity. Discover meaning in life, discover joy and fulfillment, but above all, discover the assurance of eternal life with Him in heaven. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, Father God, we stand for the cross. We know that it was this instrument of torture that was set aside to represent the power of forgiveness. Father God, I pray that you would wake up your people before it's too late to understand what's going on and the secret water is going beyond the curtain, that we would stand up and be counted, even if we have to pay a price. We pray this in Jesus' name. 